Welcome to the 4-H Lunchtime Ladies podcast, the podcast that will help you build your 4-H house one lunch at a time. This is hosted by Megan Parr and Wendy Scott, 4-H specialist in Texas. Megan, how are you? Hey, Wendy. Long time no talk. I know. <laughs> just, just a little bit ago. <laughs> I know. This is um, a special week for us because we didn't have an episode last week. So this week we're dropping two episodes. And so we've recorded two episodes two days in a row. <laughs> and isn't it great? It's such it, good information. It is. It is. Um, so, well, yesterday you had a red flag warning in the LBK. What's we it like did. today? You know, I'm, I'm looking outside at my house right now because I've got a meeting later. So I'm working from the house this morning and the American flag is just, it's just blowing in the very light breeze. It's very light outside. I haven't looked at weather to see what we're facing today. I don't know if it's windy. Oh, well, whatever. <laughs> I'm used to it. <laughs> what about the Ville? It's another beautiful day. Sun is <sighs> shining. It's about, well, it's a little overcast, but not a lot. Um, and it's, you know, it's pretty, um, pretty mild outside. It was 55 degrees when I drove to work this morning. So, which means we'll be probably in the mid seventies today. Oh, and we've talked about that before. That is such a beautiful day in Stephenville. Yep. I can tell it is, we are in full on spring here in the Ville um, because my eyes itch really badly and my nose is running. Oh, yeah. Robert used to do that. The two times we lived in the Ville, he would, oh, he had terrible allergies. Terrible. Yep. Three allergy medicines and they still don't touch it. Yes. (laughs) Well, this topic today, you know, we're focusing on projects this year. I wouldn't even say this is really a project. It's so much or so many, not much, so many things that you can incorporate into existing projects or trips you're taking. And this will make sense in just a moment as we get into it. And this is talking about some basic life skills for our 4-Hers. Yeah, um, these are, you know, these are probably skills that that we as adults take for granted because we already know them, but we also had to learn them. And who taught us those skills? Was it our parents? Was it a home ec class? Was it an ag class? Was it the 4-H projects? What, who, you know, who taught us these skills? And these are great things that we can take and, and like Wendy said, incorporate into the projects we're already teaching and to teach our kids. Um, some very just common sense types of things. And I think maybe that's the number one thing we need to teach to our kids is common sense. Um, uh, but, and if you figure out how to teach that to kids, can you share, share that knowledge? Cause we all want to know. Yes. How <laughs> to teach the common sense. But I think this is, this is a topic that we hear about a lot on kids. They graduate from high school and they don't have just some basic skills. And so we're going to go back to the basics. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this, this quote unquote project can be termed in a lot of different ways. We've heard it in to, um, you know, life skills. We've heard it called, um, adulting 101. I'm not a huge fan of that, that term. Um, but it's, it's basically just teaching them how to be prepared for life. Yeah. So let's start right in. Things that we hear about. Yeah, let's, let's do dive in. And I, you know, as we were putting this together, I got to thinking just as a parent on things I taught my kids or things my husband taught our kids or things they learned. And, and to be really honest, a lot of this didn't come until they were in the moment, those mm-hmm. teachable moments. And so I'll start off with this first one. 
you know, y'all know here in Texas, we had some crazy, crazy weather about a month ago. And my son's in college and they had no water at school. So he called me and said, mom, what do I do? What do I do about food? And so he's at Walmart and I'm giving him all these ideas of things to do for food that are in the freezer section that hit me. He has no freezer in his in his refrigerator. <laughs> that was a bad call on our part when we bought that little fridge. We should have bought a freezer with it to go with it. Uh, but to get the, and who would think that our kids would need to know, maybe as they're adults, but who would think college kids would need to know, oh my word, what are you going to eat when you have no water? Yeah. And they could barely find bottled water. I mean, it was really kind of a hot mess. So, wow, teachable moment for that on what do you do in emergencies where there is no electricity or there is no water? What do you do about food? So yeah. it goes beyond just the knowing how to cook. You got to yeah. know how to cook in an emergency. What are you going to do? Yeah, I, I think that that one can actually be tied to a whole um, disaster prep, you know, prepping like a disaster bag or, or anything. I, I know here in Texas, we have a, an entire program on that for adults. But what if you took one county council meeting or one club meeting and that was your program that night? How to be prepared in a disaster? How much further ahead will your kids be if you teach that to them now as opposed to them needing to learn that as an adult? What do you keep in your disaster prep bag? Um, I, I, the thing that's sticking out in my head the most is um, on Grey's Anatomy, they call it a doomsday bag. Oh, <laughs> and, gosh. <laughs> or your your go bag or whatever you want to call it. Um, and it's, what do, you, what do you put in there? Now, on Grey's Anatomy, they put a lot of tequila and wine. We're going to keep it 4-H related and not put that kind of stuff in there. You know, maybe things like um, non-perishable snacks and bottles of water and... Um, you know, what, whatever you would need in a disaster for your particular area. Yes. So there's my first one. I'm okay. just going to bounce back and forth. This has been fun to talk about. Sure. So I'm going to keep along those same lines. Um, and I, I want to say that, um, you can tie this into a whole host of projects, but one in particular is the one that we just talked about on the last podcast was public speaking and educational presentations. Um, here in Texas, we have a category called safety and injury prevention in the educational presentation um, contest. And I had a student one year that was getting ready to go to college and his presentation that year was on the things he needed to keep in his vehicle um, to keep him safe as he traveled back and forth from his parents' house to college. It was about a five and a half hour drive through a lot of um, remote areas that he didn't have a lot of cell phone service. He didn't have a lot of ways to call um, for help if he were to get stranded or anything like that. And so he did a whole, he put a whole kit together on um, things he would need in his car. And it had things like jumper cables and cones and non-perishable snacks and um, antifreeze and oil and extra wiper blades and a, what, what's that seatbelt cutter thing? And um, just a whole host of things in, in this one little box that he stuck in his back seat and just kept it in his truck, but he did a whole presentation about it. So he was doing a demonstration on why that was important and how to put one together. So that's, that's not something that you can have your kids do, um, have them do some research on some sort of topic related to whatever life school you want to teach them and then let them do a method demonstration, an educational presentation on it and let them demonstrate those to you. And I'm sitting thinking as you're talking about that, what a great graduation gift that would be. Yes. How brilliant to have that box together, you know, yep. your emergency kit to go in your car when you go off to college. 
That's great. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm usually a fan of the laundry basket one with like all the stuff to do your laundry, but oh, this yeah. is so much more important to keep you safe as you travel on the road. It is. All right. I'm going to stay in that auto area. And I did find a website. This is on our Pinterest board. Y'all know we have a district two for each Pinterest board. And I have this pinned on, and I did call it adulting 101, Megan. I'm sorry. That's where I called the section, <laughs> but I like this. I like this blog. It's related by groups. So there's auto, there's finance, there's home and health there. Anyway, it's, it's like 10 different groupings. But the auto, I think, is great for our kids to know. And Megan and I were talking, y'all know, we always chat before we come on air. I think something great with this, instead of going, okay, we're going to make this a whole different session and we want kids to come to the office. Why not make this a habit where when you're going to take off on some 4-H, whether it's a big trip or you're just you know, traveling to the next county to go to a tour or whatever, that you get kids that you're going to stop and you're going to check oil. And you're going to check tire pressure and teach them how to do this. If, you know, if you trust children to pump your gas, and I'm not talking your third graders, I would do this for high school kids to pump your gas. I even told Megan, I don't know how to change wiper blades. I don't have, And that's one a skill I wish I knew. And Megan's like, it's easy. You just pop them off. But I want to learn how to do that where I'm not paying where I get my old change to change my wiper blades when they tell me every darn time I need new wiper blades, even though I know I don't. But what a great thing just to focus on auto. Man, there's so many skills I wish I knew how to do. So many things. Well, and I think the auto one can go further too, you know, like how to pump a gas, how to pump your gas, how to clean your windshield with the little squeegee tool at the gas station. That seems so uh, minute and like stupid to teach a kid. But <laughs> um, I'm going to tell you what, it was a, I was an adult before I learned how to squeegee my own windows. <laughs> And that, that's something that they have to learn. I, I did it the way that I had seen my dad do it. Let me tell you, watching somebody do it and actually doing it are two very different things. Yes, <laughs> it if, is. If you don't do it correctly, you get streaks in your windows and then you have to drive down the road with little lines in your windshield. And it's anyways, teaching kids how to squeegee their windows. Um, and there's, a, I, there's a science to it too. There is, there, there is, is a science. And I'm going to say with that too, the other thing I wish I knew how to do, because I'm afraid I would blow myself up is how to jump off a battery. I don't know how to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Great thing to teach kids. Now I do go back to the office. I'm an office fan. When, when Michael's making videos for his future child and, and, and Dwight's videoing and Michael has the hoods up of two vehicles, he's like, just stick it, stick these wherever you want. Just stick this over here. And, and it shows Dwight and he's just shaking his head. No, like, no, this has bad written all over it. But yes, how to jump off a vehicle because we've all been stranded somewhere when our battery died. Everybody. Yeah. Changing a tire, I think is so important to teach a kid. Um, my dad, I, I will never forget this. I was, I don't know, 16, I guess, maybe 17. And I had gone to Dairy Queen to meet my friends and get an ice cream. And um, I got a flat tire at the Dairy Queen. And of course, in the small town I grew up in, um, all the old men who knew my dad and knew my ag teacher and knew who I was and everything were sitting there and they all offered to change it for me. But my dad happened to drive by at that point and saw me there and told them all, no, you will not help her change this tire. She will learn how to do it herself. And so in the Dairy Queen parking lot, I learned how to change my own tire. And I, I will never forget that. Um, now I don't currently change my own tires. I do let those older <laughs> men change them for me. I'm not ashamed. Um, but um, that's, I mean, that's how I learned was, was sitting there. And it's one of those things that, you know, 
you don't know that you need to know it until you need it. And so, um, again, like Wendy said in the moment, teachable, a teachable moment in the moment, but, um, teaching those kids how to do that, like, you know, in the parking lot at the extension office, show them how to change, how to change a tire. Yep. There it is. And I, I'm, I'll stay along auto. I think this has probably been more of the questions we've had with anything from our own kids. Um, you know, we had a child who'd been on the job three months and wrecked an extension vehicle oh, and called us and said, what do I do? So even teaching kids and, and when you're teaching them, they're not going, they're going to be thinking, oh, I'm never going to have an accident. This isn't something I need to know. Yeah, you do. And hopefully they're going to remember at least, okay, I got to think back and process here. This is what I was taught to do. So we told them what to do with the accident, how to handle it, who to call, all the things that went along with it, Mm -hmm. but very much a teachable moment. Okay, so I'm going to switch gears for just a little bit. <laughs> that goes with the auto. Good pun. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to talk about laundry. Mm. And this seems to be a big one that a lot of kids don't know how to do. Um, but you know what else is a big project that we teach in 4-H? Fashion interior design. Fashion interior design. And we teach the fashion project um, to a lot of kids. So here's, here's kind of a, a cool scenario for you. Okay. So we're starting with the basics of our fashion project. We're going to teach these kids how to sew, but before we teach them how to sew, let's teach them what the different types of fabric are. Let's teach them, um, the difference between linen and tool and a cotton based fabric versus a synthetic fabric and all these different things. Um, one of the things that I I know in the counties that I've been in, um, that we use a lot is the, the burn test where we see, you know, how fabrics burn and that sort of stuff. But what if you did a stain test? Okay. So you, you know, you've seen those laundry commercials where you see them put all the different stains on there and then they treat them with their laundry soap and they wash it and see how it comes out. But what if you did that with different types of fabric and you put the same stain on, let's say six different types of fabric and you showed them how to use a stain remover to get that, that stain out and how to do that laundry. So you're giving them a life skill, but it's already tied to a project that you're already working with. And every county agent listening to this, we have some messy 4-Hers. Think of all the stains that have gone on on your watch. Yes. <laughs> kids were with you. And, and I, I told Megan off air, I banned red drinks from my car because big red would make it in my car and those kids would spill it on themselves while we were going somewhere. But what a great making that real world of, you know, they've had ink pens on them. They mark on themselves. They spill something. They drip the tacos. You stopped and got at Dairy Queen. <laughs> I mean, think <laughs> of the hot messes you've had in your vehicles and how you could use that to teach about stains. Yeah. And then, I mean, and then you can, you can take it further and you can talk not just stains, but fabric care. How are we going to care for these fabrics? Is it a dry clean only? Is it a only wash on cold water? Is it a wash on hot water, but not dry or, you know, what, whatever it is, how to wash those particular fabrics. Now, this is probably not one that most can do at their um, local extension office because most of us do not have a washer and dryer at our extension offices. Um, but take them and show them somewhere where you have a washer and dryer, how to wash a load of clothes and how to determine by those different fabric types, what, how they should wash, wash the particular load. Yeah. Also what maybe constitutes a load. So we're not washing one pair of socks. Uh, yeah. And I'm still amazed the kids that don't know how to do laundry, college kids that take it uh, under their parents and want them to do their laundry. No, teach them that at home. 
not just college kids, grown men. I have seen grown men who do not know how to do their laundry. And I'm like, how did you make it to the age of 30 and never have to wash a load of clothes? I've been washing my own clothes since I was 10. I will say probably in the last year, I quit doing Robert Scott's clothes. I now <laughs> make him do it. So we have our own laundry baskets in the closet and I forced him to do his own laundry and he's 52. So Robert, if you ever listen to our podcast, I hope you do. I'm, I'm going to tell you that I'm talking about you. So you'll listen to it. <laughs> But I really don't think before then he really knew how to do laundry. He was one of that. I'm going to run a pair of socks. Yeah, that, that was my husband. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He was not trained how to do his laundry. You know, I'm going to stay along that. We didn't talk about this prior to show. And I learned this and never thought about this. We talk about simply cleaning the dryer vent to show those kids where that dryer vent is. But I'm going to go a step further with that. I used to work with Linegar Electric and they always had when I went in to do a quarterly program, they had the safety guy come in. And one thing he talked about was how to use your vacuum to truly clean out all your hoses that have all that lint in there. And he was showing videos of lint fires. I was scared to death. So I came on like, Robert, we got to clean out the dryer. And you may think my kids don't need to know that if they go into a rental home, because yeah, they're probably not going to clean it out in their college dorm, but they go in into a rental house, their sophomore year, their junior year of college, they need to know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's really very simple, but something I never thought about till about two years ago. But in that, that's another one of those safety things. So mm-hmm. what a great skill to know that could save somebody's life Yes, you know, to teach them how to clean the dryer vent out. Oh, these dryer fires were terrible. And all I ever thought about was that one little vent you pull out. Mine's in the front and I pull it out and thought that was it. And he was showing what dryers really look like, the different parts they have and all the lint that's all over it. Oh my goodness. That was crazy. Mm -hmm. So good thing to learn, whether fashion interior design or just a general thing to teach. Safety. Yeah. So, so while we're, we're talking, we've talked a lot about safety things and I can, I can hear um, some comments that are floating in my head, you know, that I, I would assume that county agents have, because I would have had it as it, as an agent too. And it's one of those where, where, um, you know, there are some things that we can tie into particular projects, but this one, we've talked a lot about safety and, and stuff. Um, that's, that's an entire project in itself. Safety is, and then I can hear them saying, I don't have time for yet another project. How am I supposed to teach this? Okay. So you don't have to have another project. You have a club meeting every month. You have a county council meeting at least every other month, right? So you got to have a program at your, at your meetings. Let somebody come in and teach this one or two times a year and be the program for that meeting and let them talk about safety there, whether it's disaster prep or auto safety or home safety or whatever it is, um, let them come in, let a firefighter or volunteer firefighter or a parent that you have that's big on that, let them come in and be the program for one of those meetings and teach these things to those students. You don't have to teach it to them, but you can have somebody come in and do it for you. Um, we had that for the, the livestock 4-H club in Ellis County. Um, I had a super awesome parent there, Mo Anthony, who was a vo- volunteer fire depart- a firefighter and um, worked for Tetstaw and just big, big on, on fire safety and fire prevention and stuff. He came in and did a program on how to prevent fires with heat lamps in your barn. And he, he did something where he showed like the proper way to um, put in an extension cord 
because you can't just run an extension cord across a pin. You know, you got sheep or goats or hogs or whatever that are going to get into that extension cord and they're going to chew on it and it's going to fry them. Um, or, and then, so he showed the proper way to, to wrap that around the pin so that the animals couldn't get to it. He also talked about the proper, um, height and location to put a heat lamp in, you know, we don't think about that a lot of times. And, and when it gets cold, we put a, we turn the heat lamp on and we put hay right underneath it. Well, what does that do? That heat lamp heats that hay up and can cause a fire or it gets too close to that animal's back and can burn them. So he talked about, you know, those are things that, that we as extension professional just automatically think about in our head, you know, just as a, we just do it, but you got to teach those kids that and how to look for that in a barn and how to look for the things and the ways in which they can be safe in their barns. So that's, it's, and it ties into the livestock project. I mean, it's so simple and it's, it's so not simple. giving any extra effort. All right. I'm going to stay along safety. And this just hit me and we, I did this and I'd heard about it. I don't remember where I heard about it. And I did it when I was a club manager, we did it and it was personal safety. And I, I, I even hate to bring this up on who did it because it's kind of morbid, but there's a reason they did it. Dignity funeral homes came and they would do it for any kid group. It didn't matter what it was. So we had them come to a 4-H meeting and it was teaching kids personal safety it was one of the favorite meetings of the kids. They talked about it for years. And it was simple things like if you're out riding your bike and somebody tries to abduct you, you grab onto that bike and you hang on because they can't carry you in a bike. Mm -hmm. But things, like, and again, I know that sounds terribly morbid, but the reason they did it is they saw the after effects if kids weren't prepared to handle things. It was some of the best personal safety. It was a great training for the adults too. I loved every second of it. But I thought, what a great thing for our kids to know is they leave home, they're out on their own on college campuses or in a mall parking lot or all the places they go to know some personal safety. I'm not necessarily saying martial arts. That's not what I'm saying, but just some simple personal safety that we hope they don't ever have to use. Yeah, but they can if they need to. Well, that and that's that even goes um, to the point of knowing which side of the road to walk on. If you're walk like, for example, I mean. For example, I grew up in the country and you had to, we, we didn't have sidewalks. And so you had to learn which side of the road to walk on so that you could always see the oncoming traffic Yes, and that you could always see what was coming at you. So you have to make sure you walk on the correct side of the road. I do that as an adult now, you know, learning which side of the road to walk on. I also, um, I'm, I, I like my AirPods and I've been flirting with the idea of getting the, the super fancy ones. Um, but then I have to talk myself out of them every time because I wear them when I go walking with my dog and those, those super fancy ones are noise canceling. And when you're out there by yourself and those are noise canceling headphones, you can't hear if people are coming up on you or if a vehicle's coming up on you. And that is not a safe thing to use. Now, they're great in other situations and, you know, other things and, and all of that. But, um, for somebody who walks alone on a road, that's not, that's not a safe thing. And so you have to teach your students, those things, that, that personal safety and to be aware of their surroundings. I love hey, it. Megan, that's a good point. I haven't, I'd never thought about that with noise canceling headphones. Yep. So y'all can see hopefully what you're, you're hearing from this. A lot of times when we hear, okay, we're going to teach kids some basic skills. We're going to teach them to cook and balance a checkbook. Not that those are bad things, but this can go so far beyond it, that you're meeting those kids where they are 
and you're teaching them something new and something that most likely they are going to use. Again, we hope they don't have to use the personal safety, but things happen sometimes. Things happen. All right. Again, I go back. I make this real world and think about my own kids. Kids go off. They get sick. And they go, we don't, we don't know what to do. What do we do? How do we make a doctor's appointment? That, there you go. That's where I'm headed. How to make a doctor's appointment. What to do? I'm like, it's not difficult. We had to deal with this with Cooper. Okay, Cooper, here's the insurance card. We're going to send you because we have the insurance cards. We probably need to get him one too, but he's got a picture of it. And most doctors now, you can just send him a picture of it. It's 2021. Send him a picture. This is what you're going to call him. This is what you're going to say. So now he's used to this, but he doesn't even realize. I said, you got a quack shack. And sorry if it's not called the quack shack anymore. That's what we called it. That's what we called it. Tarleton State University. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we call it. The big TSU was the quack shack. They didn't even realize they had a quack shack. They didn't realize they had a place. And, and some things he had to go off campus to go to like to get an MRI on a leg and things like that. But there's some things that he could have just gone there to the quack shack. I'm like, you're paying for it, dude. And when I showed him what he was paying for that in his bill, I said, you need to utilize the quack shack. Yeah. But even that threw him off because nobody had really explained the quack shack and what it was there for, but how to make a doctor's appointment. So along, I mean, I, I know how to make my own doctor's appointment, but one of the things that I had to learn as an, as a 30 year old adult was how to call a plumber. <laughs> I had some issues at a house that I owned and I called my dad because my dad has always been my, my go-to person, you know, like he, he was my electrician, my plumber, my mechanic, everything. He knew how to fix everything. So I called him and I said, Hey, I have this problem at my house. Um, can you come fix it? And he said, no, that's not a problem that I can fix. You need to call a plumber. And so then I had to figure out which plumber to call, how to call a plumber, how to set up the appointment and all that stuff. And it's just, those are things that kids need to learn. They need to learn how to make appointments with people. They do. And that makes you think we have Bible study the other night. We do it for those college kids. And there's three girls that live together and they are so stinking funny. So they came over and they said, I said, how's it going? And they said, well, our house flooded this morning. And I said, what happened? Something with our washing machine. We don't know. So when Bible study was over, one of the girls started asking Robert about it. He said, come out here in the laundry room and we'll look at what it could be. Cause he's kind of a, he's not a plumber by trade, but he's, he's pretty savvy when it comes to, to home improvement and, and home fixing. So him and Tatum go in the utility room and they're looking at the washer and figure out what it could be that caused it. <laughs> but we never think about those kids again, going into a rental home in college and all their parents live way far away mm -hmm. about what do they do? What do they, you know, do you call a plumber? Do you, do you call Robert? What do you do when it comes <laughs> yeah. to when you're, you know, it floods your house? <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I'm going to switch gears for just a second. Um, do it. there's two things on my list that I want to get to. And one of them is time management. You know, we need to teach time management to these kids. Um, Wendy, Wendy's so funny. She has it on her list too. <laughs> you know, it's on my list, girl. We didn't talk about that, but it's on there. <laughs> um, time management is one and it's an easy way to teach it. Um, I, the way that I like to teach it is in the form of planning out their meetings. So one of the activities that, that we have just started using, um, with our district council, and I've used it with county council groups before is I'll take everything that we need to get done that day. Um, for whatever workshop or training it is, put it on a, put each activity on a sticky note with how long it's going to take. Then I put the sticky notes on the wall and it, it's up to the kids to plan out their day. However, how, 
whatever order they want to do it in is totally fine, but they have to learn how to manage that schedule and say, okay, this activity is going to take 15 to 20 minutes, but this one's going to take one to two hours. So which one do we want to do first? And then how to put that schedule together. They have to learn how to, how to manage that and how to put all of that together. While that seems like a, we're just letting them plan their day or whatever, it's teaching them a critical skill in how to put together a schedule and how to manage their particular time. We have this particular time frame for this day, and these are the activities that we need to get done. So in what order and how you know, how are we going to make that happen? Um, it's on them. They, they do it. I just put them up on the wall and then they have to plan it out. Um, and they have to make sure that everything gets done. So they have to, if that activity says it takes 10 to 15 minutes, they have to make sure it doesn't take any longer than 15 minutes so that we can move on to the next one. And it's, it's just, a um, it's just, it's a simple activity for something that we're already doing. Um, but it's teaching a very critical life skill. Yes. And I was going to say with that, using a calendar, not that, that, I mean, it's time management, but not Yeah, but learning how to use a calendar. And most, you know, there's some that will start that skill in high school. And I love that because I'm a calendar person. Most of them wait till college though. And then they really don't know how to use it on uh, what is the point of a calendar. Yeah. Because then they never open it. I'm like, well, you have to open it or, and I know some people like the technology calendars. I have both. I have a paper and a, and the cozy calendar. If y'all don't have the cozy calendar, it's fabulous. Um, all right, still that time management, because I'm going to hit into this too. And I think these two can tie together. And again, I'm thinking kids going to college. And most of our kids don't know how to do this. I didn't. Sometimes I still don't have a study. Mm -hmm. Teaching kids, it's a skill that most don't have. They don't. And they don't want to admit that they don't have it. Mm -hmm. So I, I was talking to Cooper the other day and he had really good grades his first semester, but he is sucking it up this semester. And I'm glad he's honest about it. I was lying to my parents like, oh, I'm making such good grades. And it was like a 1.4 GPA. Anyways, that was 30 <laughs> years ago. And so he's making, he's failing psychology right now. And I said, okay, Cooper, let's, let's talk through it. What do you not understand? What is there a certain part? You know, is it her teaching? What, what is it? And he said, mom, I just don't understand it. And I said, then you need to know and talk about another skill. You need to go talk to your professor. Well, that scares the heck out of him because heaven forbid a student goes and talks to a professor. And I said, you need to talk to her and tell her you're not understanding and ask for some skills. What, what can she give you? What tips and tricks can she give you that will help you in studying? And it, this was the response. Nope. Nope, not going to do it. And I said, well, then expect to fail the class because if it's, you're showing you don't care, you have to, it's okay to admit you have a weakness, but he doesn't, he doesn't want to show that that's his defense mechanism. He don't, doesn't want to show that there's weaknesses in his character. Yeah. And just talking to those kids about how to utilize the services on their university campuses. Um, you know, while, while you were saying that the thing that came to my mind was the, um, the tutoring center. Most universities have a tutoring center where you can go in. If you don't feel comfortable talking to that professor, go talk to one of your peers and get that, that help that you need there on that campus. Your all universities have a whole host of services that they offer to students, um, to be able to be successful. They don't want you to fail. They want you to go to college to be successful, um, yeah, One they don't the want dropouts. That doesn't look good on their no good on their data the funding. <laughs> um, <laughs> One of the things when you were talking about how Cooper didn't want to go talk to that professor, um, I think we need to teach our kids how to advocate for themselves. 
you know, we, we do so much handholding. We do so much, um, doing it for them. Yep. But I think it's a simple thing for us to teach. If we can, we, we talked about it in the, um, putting the youth back in youth development podcast, where if you can take a step back and say, I'm not going to get into this situation. You need to work it out yourself, or, um, you need to have this conversation with this person and I'm going to stand back here and I'll jump in if you need me, but I'm going to be back here to listen to it. And that's it. Um, teaching the kids to do that while they're in junior high or high school, it makes them more successful when they get to those university settings and, and to equip them to be their own advocate. And it's, you think this doesn't happen that, oh, parents would never call a college professor. <laughs> the I'm friends with some of those college years. professors and you would be <laughs> shocked. I would be so embarrassed. I would be embarrassed as a student for my parents yes. to call, but I've, Cooper and Sterling Scott would crawl under a rock to be like, oh my gosh, my mother just called my professor. Yes. And I wish I could remember the name. It wasn't, it was worse than helicopter parent. When we went to Sterling's orientation at South Plains College, their dean of students was hilarious. And so she got the parents by ourselves and she said, well, and I, I can't read the term, but it was worse than helicopter Tiger mom. Parents. No, it wasn't even that. I wish I could remember. I wrote it down. I don't know what I did with my writing, but, but she said, quit being those parents. These kids have to learn to live, but here's the deal. They should have learned it part of it before they got to college, because then you're just throwing them to the wolves. Yeah. They've got to learn it before then to be able to stand on their own two feet. Yeah, they have, they have to. And I think that's where we as the extension professionals can come in and, and help teach those skills through our pro project learning experiences, teach them, don't jump in and fix it for them. And, and whatever project you're doing, let them figure out how to make it work. Um, an example of this, and it's the only one that's jumping in my head right now, but, um, my niece this weekend was trying to put together a puzzle and she kept saying, Oh, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I, I, I looked at her and I said, Finley, your puzzle's almost put together. You're just missing a couple of pieces. You can do it. And she said, no, I can't do it. I need you to help me. And I said, no, I'm not going to help you. You can figure out how to do it. And she sat there for a second and kind of pouted about it because she wanted somebody to come in and do it for her because that's the easy way out. Um, but she she worked through it and she figured out how to make all those pieces work. And while that seems like a simple thing, that's the same skill that we can teach our students. Instead of jumping into to, to do that, that's that hard sewing step or that, um, that work with that, that livestock animal or, or whatever it is, putting their presentations together, instead of doing that for them, um, let them figure it out. It's okay. If they, if they, um, sink just a little bit, you know, they'll swim eventually, but you don't have to sit there and hold them up. You can, you can let them learn those things on their own. Yes. And, and let them know too. And I, one of our, in fact, it was Tatum. I mentioned a while ago, she said this one night at Bible study. She said, we've raised a generation and, and it's the flip of what you think I'm going to say. You think, okay, well, we've raised a generation that thinks they have to depend on everybody else to get something done. But she said, we we're raising a generation where now they think they can't ask anybody for help. Mm. And I thought that's pretty legit that, yeah, you got to let them sing, but they've got to know they can turn to you for help. And there's an activity that, that I've done with kids, a leadership activity that's actually going in a curriculum that, that I was with Megan and our counterpart from district 11 Meredith that we were writing last week. And one of the things that this activity 
is if they're thinking about it, it forces them to ask an adult for something. And I've never had anybody in the years I've done this activity, hardly anybody has turned to me as the adult and said, hey, do you have the pieces to this? They won't turn around and ask. So we've got to let them know that it's okay. And yet, are they going to have people that are mean and tell them no? Yep. Yep. And we've talked about that with Cooper, with college professors, that there's going to be some that are human and they're going to want to help you. And there may be some that go, I'm not helping you do anything. And you know what? Then you got to figure it out. Yeah. Figure it out. Yep. Oh, this was fun. It is. I have one last thing that I do think it. is so critical to teach students. Um, and that is how to tie a tie. That was on my list. <laughs> and I don't mean just for the boys. I mean, for the girls too, because eventually they're going to be around a brother or a boyfriend or a husband or whatever that doesn't know how to tie their own tie. And so I think everybody needs to learn how to tie a tie and tie them in all the different knots and all that stuff. Um, but it's such um, a critical skill to learn. Um, the one that we don't think about a lot, but you need it for your livestock judging outfit. You need it for um, an interview or anything like that. But learn how to tie a tie. Even if it's going to YouTube, there's all kinds yes. of videos about tying. So, okay, you're going to, whatever. We all know TikTok. TikTok. I was going to mention TikTok too. If you don't mention it, I'm mentioning it. There was a guy on there who for the longest time last year was doing a series on um, things that men don't teach their sons. Or if you don't have a dad and need a dad, I'll be your dad. And so he was teaching all these, all these different critical skills, like how to tie a tie, how to change a tire, how to do all of these things. And he did it in one minute segments. How cool is that to take something like that and put it in a platform where students already are and let them learn it that way. And that's what I was going to talk about too. Not that guy, but Bailey Wright, who's our counterpart in district one. Yes. And again, deep COVID, we got the deep COVID going on. She had done TikTok videos and had done some things like this about life skills. Brilliant, short, sweet, to the point, life skill videos for our kids. Because again, it met them where they are. They're on TikTok. Yeah, Megan. <laughs> this is this is just a side note. I don't want to like plug TikTok because there are a lot of negatives to it, but there are some good positives to it. And if you can get past the dancing, twerking, half whatever dressed teenagers on there that are doing inappropriate things, there are some really good things on there. Um, I had this conversation with my brother this weekend where he's trying to get his livestock judging kids to um think about things a little bit differently. And judging pro has a whole TikTok account on there and they do all sorts of different lessons. And like one of them was talking about what it means to look for, um, balance and squareness in an animal. And they had the, a picture of a, the back end of a hog and they drew a square and they said, this is what we mean when we say this animal is square. And they, they talked through that whole thing and they're doing it in one minute segments, but judge and pro has this whole account on there and they're teaching all these livestock judging concepts and principles and things like that. But it's on TikTok where the students are. And so I told him, I said, Hey, tell your kids to go watch these. They're already on TikTok. Let them go learn something instead of watching some trashy dance or whatever. Yeah, the half naked dancers. <laughs> yeah. Let them go learn something and learn like Bailey did. She met the kids where they were with those life skills. Um, but there's a whole host of education you can do on there. Yes, so. there is. And I'll, I'll finish with one last thing. 
I think another great skill to teach these kids is cleaning up their social media. Oh, yeah. we know when we know when they get into college and, and my son had this, ha- not that it happened to him, but, um, you know, they check those athletes and they look at what their social medias look like coming out of uh, out of high school. We've heard of kids not getting internships in D.C. because they had things and it may not be something they put on social media, but they were tagged in inappropriate photos and they didn't monitor those photos teach them to clean up that social media and, and talk to them about the effects it can have on their current life and their future life. Yeah. Um, scholarship. Um, yep. when you're applying for a scholarship, I know that when I was hiring people for, um, the church nursery, the first thing I did after I interviewed them was to go look at their social media. And if it's a whole host of pictures of you partying and drinking and stuff, I'm not hiring you to take care of children. And it's not hard to do. It's not hard to search people. And I know people go, well, my account's private. Y'all, it's the six degrees of separation. I can find somebody that finds somebody that knows you. Yeah. And and we can check. I don't even have to talk to people about you. I'm going to look at your social media and that speaks volumes. So what, what do you want out there about yourself? Yeah. Also, the other thing that people don't realize is that they think Snapchat, those pictures go away (laughs) after 10 seconds. They do not. Snapchat then owns those, those images, um, as does Facebook, as does Instagram, as does TikTok. Um, those are entities. Once you post it on their site, they now own those. And when you go Google, if you go far enough into Google search, you can find whatever you want. Yes. We did yes. that. That was one of the topics at Teen Summit one year was about social media mm-hmm. and about, oh, when not nice pictures are sent. And if you're a certain age and the picture of the person was a certain age and then pay, possibly you are the owner of pornography. And mm-hmm. I mean, got, and those kids, I mean, their eyes look like saucers. They were shocked because again, they just think it all goes away or nobody yeah. can see my stuff. <laughs> yeah, they can. Yeah, they can. What a fun discussion. And this is another one that we could talk for a long time about we because could. there's so many life skills that I think kids need, but we're going to have to wrap it up because we're, <laughs> we're getting a little long-winded on this one. And so- we are, but, but the, this is one you can make it whatever you want. Ask, and your kids may not know. I would say, ask your kids. A lot of times they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. But, but you, you witness things. I mean, we're smart people. You witness things. Yeah. And, and so with that, we want to hear from you. Yeah. What are some life skills that you like to teach your kids? What are some things that, that you think are important for them to know? And so drop us, drop us a comment on our um, social media post and, and tell us um, what are some life skills that you wish you would have known when you were a student? Oh, that's a good one. That's now some of you might be old like me. So <laughs> move that concept into 2021. <laughs> Uh, we hope y'all enjoyed this conversation. And again, engage us on those socials. We want to hear from you. Megan, anything yeah, else we do. Know? I'm sorry. I was writing down that thought. You were, you were, I forget. You were writing some notes. You were ready. <laughs> well, y'all, um, we want to thank you for joining us today, being a part of the 4-H Lunchtime Ladies, helping you build your 4-H program one lunch at a time. Have a great day. We'll see you back here. Same time, same place next Tuesday. Bye. We hope you enjoyed today's episode of the 4-H Lunchtime Ladies podcast. We'd like to continue this conversation with you over on our social media pages. So be sure and follow us on Instagram and Facebook and connect with us there. You can find us at the 4-H Lunchtime Ladies on both platforms. 